Around Money, where we show you how to pay your home loan off in up to half the time of a normal bank loan. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Jesse Edge and I'm joined by Scott Perry. Hey, how are we? <laughs> Good, buddy. Now, in our, in our work, there's always two sides to money management and debt reduction. The two sides are structure and then psychology. And it's super fascinating how much of an impact the psychological side has to people's accomplishments or successes in debt reduction. It's your money blueprint and no one's conscious of it. No one's spoken about it. No one's taught you about it. It just forms in your formative years as a child, watching what your parents do. How did they spend? What did what was their language around money? You know, if you had a parent who was saying, oh, money doesn't grow on trees, blah, 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 blah. You're like, holy shit, this is Real scarcity, scarcity mentality. Yes, yep. um, and save for the rainy day. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen. But then on the other side of the fence, if you had a parent who was like, yeah, easy come, easy go. Yeah. No savings, no nothing. Let's just have a fun time. Credit card, you only live once. Woohoo! Yeah, absolutely. It it has a massive influence and it will do, it'll go one of two ways. It'll either, you will form in their image or you will go completely opposite and you'll go, no, I don't want to be like that. And you will actually bounce back the other way, which is really quite interesting as well. Or you'll grow up in a family that was broken because your mum was a saver and your dad was a spender. Yeah, well this and this is a great topic. So spenders versus savers. And I think if you were to ask somebody, most people actually do know. They've just never wanted to admit it or never been confronted with the question before. And it's it's very, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Are you a spender or are you a saver? What are you, Scott? I'm definitely a spender. Uh, I think that I love to buy experiences. I savings all well and good, but it just doesn't excite me. <laughs> you hate savings. Spending excites me. So, I mean, I know my own weaknesses. And so yeah. that's why I designed this structure yeah. to save me from well, myself. I think as well with you, you're spending in your mind is also investing. True. You love investing. True. You just you don't want to have money in a bank True. account. Whereas, you know, I... You know, I do think that I'm a spender, but I spend very little, whereas I have to have money in a savings account. Mm. I find it really stressful if I don't, um, and it's those sort of financial goals, and I don't, never have credit cards, personal loans, anything like that. It's really important to me that I only have my owner-occupied debt and my investment debts, and then I have my savings. So I'm definitely a saver. And it's not it's no wrong or right. It's not like no, you're a bad person not. if you're a spender or no. a bad person if you're a saver. I would definitely rather go to a party with a spender. For is, sure. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Everyone would. <laughs> yeah, they're heaps more fun. So it all really comes down to okay, what formulated that in your money blueprint? Was it that one of your parents died early, and so your mindset is, man, I don't know how long I'm going to be on this earth. I'm just going yeah. to spend, spend, spend because yeah. I might not get to retirement. Versus on the other side of the, you could have a parent who was just destitute, and now they're on a pension in retirement and they're actually living off $230 per existing of yeah, $230 living, per week. Yeah, living, let's be honest. So everything's formed for a reason. It's not like you're born a spender or a saver. You actually learn to be one of these. And so where it comes from is I think our parents, what we see, how they operating with money, and then we then take that into our life. And the craziest part is your kids are watching what you're doing. Yes. Because we're not really taught about money in school. Definitely not the psychology of money. We're just taught about, you know, the ba- 
basics and things like that, very little to be perfectly frank. And so you never taught about, you know, what are my spending habits and why? Why am I thinking this way? And so it does get picked up through behavioural recognition, watching other people do things and, and you starting to pick that up. So something to be very conscious of, if you're a parent, every single financial decision or, you know, money behaviour that you have, you are going to be inadvertently passing that on to your kids. One of the craziest things which I've just started doing relatively recently is asking people what they would rather, what would make them happier. Would you feel happier if you had your savings account growing or would you feel happier if you had your home loan reducing? Yeah, great question. I love this one. And this is what I found is the savers would rather see their home loan reducing, but the spenders would rather see their savings increasing. And I thought, why is that? Because it's quite a common theme. And I really feel that you always want what we don't have. And spenders have never got savings growing (laughs) and savers have never got their home loan going down because they've always got their savings growing. But I think it's also the way that we are motivated. So as people, you're motivated in one of two ways. You're moving away from pain or you're moving towards gain. And so spenders... They want that pleasure, that gain of purchasing and enjoying, whereas the savers are moving away from that pain of, of not having money. They want to have those that little savings. So I feel like that's a little bit translated in that what we were just talking about as well is that moving away from paying you want your debt to go down, moving towards pleasure, you want your savings going up. So, yeah, interesting one. Another thing to take into account, if you are married or dating a saver and you're a spender or vice mm. versa, what do you do? How do you get yeah. around this? Because the chances are 50% of marriages are breaking up and I think 70% of the ones that are breaking up are because of money. Absolutely. Because of money. Yeah. And so this. And I bet you anything, if we looked at those stats, it would be because one was a spender, one was a saver. Yeah, very likely, very likely. So let's say you are a spender and you're dating a saver or vice versa, you're a saver, dating a spender. What do you do? How do you deal with this? I think the very first thing you need to do is just acknowledge I'm a spender, you're a saver. Have the conversation. Let's talk about what do you value about money? Why is money important to you? I'll tell you what what money is important to me. Then we can compare notes and then we actually have to join. What are the sim, sim, what's the word? Similarities. Similarities of what you want and what I want and what do we both value and let's really make those a core goal and then build out our own benefits. So I am a spender. Just give me... 200 bucks a week to spend however I want, wherever I want, guilt-free. And I think, you know, in a relationship, you do want to make the other person happy. Yeah. Like, you want to go out of your way to or make Or you're breaking happy. up. Like, yeah. Yeah. what do you want? But you need you need very clear, like, boundaries. You need to understand why each other is doing it. And, you need, and like you said, if you're a spender, give give them if – if you've got a spender in your relationship and you're a saver, give them a spending amount. Yep. It's really simple. And guilt-free is the most important. Don't yes. give me a spending amount and then say, oh, you went and spent – 90 bucks on whatever it may be I'm like oh feeling like yeah you feel guilty for your so bad you can't have any guilt attached to that spending because it kills a spender's vibe yeah and on the flip side if you are a spender and you're with a saver you've got to give them how much per week do you want it to save to make you feel comfortable and secure yeah let's have a goal yeah like set a goal as a family we want to save 20 grand a year or whatever it may be we need to do x amount a week okay let's do that we can do that let's budget for it we can have both 
both of you can be happy. What happens is when we don't talk about it and there's this underlying tension and the spender is sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't She's believe I'm married. such a tight She's such a Scrooge. <laughs> and then, then, and then the saver is like, oh, my God, this, this, this my partner reckless. is ruining our future. Reckless. <laughs> Just out of control. He's so loose. So yeah. This comes back down to finding out what you both value, making sure you meet the other person's needs. Yes. Because your needs are being met. Yeah. And don't try and change that person. Mm-hmm. Trying to change a saver into a spender or trying to save change a spender into a saver. <laughs> Never. You've got to rewire their money blueprint. Do you know how difficult that is? <laughs> so difficult. Like that's not just a conversation on the couch. Oh, look, buddy, I really need you to rate in your spending. <laughs> heard it all before. And that's when you can remember, why did my parents fight? Money. I, for me, my parents fought about money a lot. I mean, I, we went to the private schools. They were really tight. We grew up in a very, I'd say, average family. No, My mum's a teacher. Dad drove taxis. Nothing crazy. But I can always feel that energy around money was stressful. And they never really spoke about, okay, let's talk about what's important to you about money. Let's compare notes. I'm going to make sure your needs are met. You meet my, my needs. And then we can live happily ever after. And I probably would have grown up in a family that stayed together yeah. if they had that conversation. Yeah. So Absolutely. all I want from this is to have one family that actually doesn't get divorced because of hearing this, holy shit, she's a spender or a saver. I'm a spender or a saver. Let's talk about that. Where it gets real funky is when two spenders yeah, start dating. Dangerous. That's like credit card debt. You just spent five hundred over there. I'm going to spend thousand over there. Yeah, it becomes a bit of a competition, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you just bury each other, just trying and to get one up. And that's when you need outside help. Like you really do. You need somebody that can introduce the self discipline and structure and structure and make sure that you save yourself from yourself. Like yeah. if you have two spenders, then mm-hmm. you both really have got to make sure that's outsourcing that money management, outsourcing the actual structure. So you guys have got your set amount. Once again, there's your 200 per week, blow it however you want. I'll take my 200 a week. I blow it however I want, but we've got to limit our spending or splurging because once all of a sudden you do a big lump sum and a impulse buy, then I'm mm. like, you just bought this flat screen TV for five yeah. grand. And I'm or you go- just bought a new car. I'm going to go buy a new car. Yes. And then you're, you know, 60 grand down in debt because of two really quick and bad decisions. <laughs> nice that one, Yeah, of course. Why do but you I get think- the new car? I'm, yeah, I'm totally. I would definitely do that if my husband got a new car. I'm like, yo, where's my? Yes. <laughs> but I think as well, like, even if you do have a relationship where it's one spender, one saver, it is, again, great to have some external help because mm. the saver, you know, you'll have those conversations, you'll set up the structure, you'll set up, you know, that weekly spending amount for them that they can blow and, and guilt-free, but there's still going to come times where they have to be confronted by the fact that, you know, one's a spender, one's a saver. And it's a difficult, you know, there might be a difficult conversation that needs to be had. Oh, look, I really do need a brand new car or I really do need this. It's like, no, you don't. You want want it. (laughs) And that, again, is where having somebody externally that can jump in um, so the blame isn't shifted onto the saver. I've got a great story. So (laughs) I remember this so clearly. I uh, went and saw basically someone who was referred to me by another client, um, sat down with them at their kitchen table and um, that sort of in their mid-30s and so I could feel the energy was really cold, it was icy. I was like, oh, these guys aren't getting (laughs) on so well. 
And so we sat down, went through what their uh, financial position was. They had credit cards, car loans, personal loans, home loan, huge amount, like five or six different debts. And so she was obviously quite stressed about this, not feeling safe and secure, which for all women with kids, like they just want to nest and to mm, feel safe and secure. Yeah. I don't think he was sort of had any answers to how to fix it. And so um, I was sitting down, going through it all and just mapping it all out. So, okay, this is what we need to be doing. This is the structure. This is how we're going to run it. This is the financial strategy to pull you out of this. Um, and we took their loan repayments for all their debt from, I think it was 3200 down to like 2100 mm. So we saved them like over $1,250 per week in repayments. And then the wife said to the husband, how long have you known about Scott? How long have you been? <laughs> and then the husband, I just saw his face just dropped. He's like, oh, my friend Mark told me about him five years ago. <laughs> Man, the wife picks up the glass. I'm like, whoa, whoa, don't throw the glass at him. Just wait until I leave. I've just got to get out of here before we've got a full-blown domestic. So oh tidied everything up for them. Two weeks later, get a phone call from the husband. I'm like, hey, how are you, mate? He's like, yeah, good, good. Um, mate, I just want to have a quick chat with you. I don't know what you've done to my wife. I said, oh, man, I haven't touched her, I promise. Like, <laughs> no, he goes, I don't know what you've done to my wife, but ever since you left, we're having sex again. <laughs> so, what? What do you mean? He goes, I don't know, mate. Ever since you left, we're having sex again. Like, and I thought, wow, how crazy is that? You take the financial stress off their shoulders, out of the relationship, they can go back to being husband and wife, Yeah. and then all of a sudden that umpire, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. She's no longer the bad person saying you can't be spending this, you can't be doing that, and all of a sudden he's not having to sort of have a go at her and you take that energy out, they can just go back to being a family. Yeah, that's amazing. So That's a great story. You get, you get the finance structure right, you're going to have more sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long bow, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Stretching, pushing the friendship, pushing the friendship. But I think, you know, what it comes down to is having the conversations figuring out what each person needs and why, like if we all have a reason why, um, and just making sure you've got the structure in place to allow both people's needs to be satisfied. Like it really, it's essential because money, like you said, equals security, which is one of our very basic human needs. Yeah. No one, no one has ever gone bankrupt owning your own home. <laughs> yeah. Debt kills. And the faster yeah. you're out of debt, the happier you're going to be, the better the lifestyle, the more holidays, the more experiences, more time with your family, the better everything is. And so that's why we're so keen to get people out of debt. Every 23 days, we have a client of ours pay off their house using our strategy and program. And as a result of that, I hear their voice. I hear how excited they are, what their future looks like, how much more traveling they're going to be doing, how much sooner they're going to stop working. And also, if you've paid off your mortgage, one's a spender, one's a saver. You have got your entire incomes to spend and save. Absolutely. It's just like, yeah, okay, we'll just split it down the middle. 50% of my income is going to be savings. 50% is going to be blown on whatever the hell I want because I can. Like it's the ultimate outcome for, for both spenders and savers. When I make that phone call every 23 days to that client who's paid off their house, I ask them one simple question. Do you know what you can do now you don't have a mortgage repayment? <laughs> Any effing thing you want. <laughs> Love it. Well, on that note, I think we'll finish for today. Thank you so much, Scott. No, thank you, Jess. Pleasure.